You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. RSA updates, including trends in automation, anomaly detection, and threat intelligence, with an explanation of what counts as actionable. Elsewhere, the U.S. says it's going after ISIS communications in cyberspace. ISIS sets out to deface Google, but defaces something else. Analysts see cyber sector consolidation coming. And we talk to the University of Maryland's Marcus Roshecker on Apple's invocation of both the First and Fifth Amendments in their dispute with the FBI. I'm Dave Bittner in San Francisco with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, March 1st, 2016. We're at RSA today, podcasting, and a bit late because we're on Pacific Time in San Francisco, the city by the other bay, from the floor of the world's leading cybersecurity conference and exposition. We'll take a look at the conference's first day events, and we'll offer our customary rundown on cyber news from around the world. Yesterday's proceedings at RSA culminated in the announcement of 2016's Innovation Sandbox winner. This year, Phantom Cyber carried the prize away with what it describes as the first purpose-built community-powered security automation and orchestration. We'll have more with Phantom and their product later this week when we sit down for an exclusive interview. In the meantime, congratulations also to the other finalists who did very well indeed to come as far as they did. Bestile, Elusive, Menlo Security, Priovti, ProtectWise, SafeBreach, Skyport Systems, Vera, and Versa Networks. Our talks with companies exhibiting at RSA suggest that some of the common themes on people's minds include the importance of context and actionability in the development of threat intelligence. A.J. Shipley from Looking Glass put it this way. What you see an abundance of is threat data, uh, but it actually doesn't become intelligence until some really smart person who has years of experience and years of training Um, is able to derive the little bits that are relevant to an organization or derive the little bits that are relevant to an industry um, that can also be handed to a person or a process or a technology that once handed to them and some action is taken, the overall risk to an organization has been materially minimized down to a certain level that is now tolerable. Attribution of attacks is generally regarded as less important, except insofar as it can reveal information about threat actors' motivations, tactics, techniques, and procedures, and understanding these can usefully inform the organization of defenses. The number of people working on integrating anomaly detection into defensive schemes is also striking. We'll have more detailed accounts and interviews with some of the most interesting companies on the exhibit floor in an upcoming special edition of our podcast. Turning from RSA to the larger cyber world, the U.S. appears to have opened a major cyber offensive against ISIS. 
The Department of Defense announces that offensive cyber operations are now being undertaken against ISIS communications infrastructure in Syria. The direct and unusually public avowal of a cyber operations campaign is accompanied by suggestions that cyber attacks are being carried out in conjunction with special operations forces working in the theater. U.S. Secretary of Defense Carter has also returned to California in a continuing effort to enlist the technical support of the IT industry in the war against ISIS. The caliphate itself hasn't been idle either, continuing information operations at which it excels and cyber attacks against ill-chosen or poorly defended targets at which it has been less than fully successful. Choice of target continues to baffle observers. Recent victims have included a solar panel manufacturer in Sussex and, as Newsweek notes, a Japanese dance instructor and a laminate flooring firm based in Wales. They've also defaced a company called Ad Google Online, apparently mistaking it for the real Google. But there's no mystery to this, really. It's opportunistic hacktivism modulated by limited understanding of the target's culture. Apple has continued to prepare its brief in response to the FBI's request for assistance under the All Writs Act. That brief is widely expected to invoke the First and Fifth Amendments. We spoke with University of Maryland legal and policy expert Marcus Rochecker, who explained the general outlines of Apple's expected arguments for us. We'll hear from him after the break. The FBI's case, incidentally, may have been weakened by a decision in a New York drug trial in which investigators had made a similar request. The federal magistrate denied the request. In industry news, observers continue to look for more consolidation in the cybersecurity sector, and insurance seems ready to assume its expected place in cyber risk management. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Marcus Rochecker from the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. They're one of our academic and research partners. Marcus, the story continues with Apple and uh, their efforts uh, against the FBI. Uh, this week, Apple's been making some arguments that are centered around the First Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. Fill us in on what's going on here. 
Apple has made some interesting arguments in their uh, motion to vacate that court order. Part of the argument uh, circles around the uh, First Amendment argument, uh, and this is quite interesting because there are some court decisions out there that equate a computer code to speech. And if that is the case, what we're seeing here in this order uh, that would compel Apple to write computer code to help the FBI get access to a phone would be equivalent to the government compelling speech from Apple. And that, of course, then becomes a First Amendment issue. And when we have a First Amendment issue um, where government is compelling speech uh, from an individual or from a, from a group, there are some flags that go up right away. And specifically, uh, if government is going to compel speech, there is a test that, uh, that must be undergone. And you have to look at the request of this from the government and, and apply some strict scrutiny to this test and make sure that the, that the request is narrowly tailored to obtain a compelling government interest. Apple is saying that while the government certainly has a compelling state interest uh, in its request, their request isn't reasonable in that there is no real evidence, Apple is saying, that what government might find on the phone that they're trying to access will actually be of any use. Furthermore, gov when government asks that Apple write software to access the phone, Apple is arguing that this is fundamentally contrary to the view that Apple holds, which is that privacy is, a, is an important value and data privacy for for the devices and for the, the customers that it has ought to be protected. So Apple is arguing that this really is a viewpoint discrimination on the government's part and therefore uh, is, uh, is unconstitutional. The request, the court order, uh, would be unconstitutional in a violation of the First Amendment. So that covers the First Amendment parts of it, but Apple is also invoking the Fifth Amendment. That's correct. Apple is invoking the Fifth Amendment as well, and that is somewhat surprising. Some some commentators have uh, had expected Apple to make a First Amendment argument, but now we're seeing Apple make a Fifth Amendment argument too. They, Apple is saying that the government request um, to uh, compel them to assist uh, them into getting into the iPhone uh, would be a, a violation of due process, which is guaranteed under the Fifth Amendment. Basically, Apple is arguing that it has a right to be free from arbitrary uh, deprivation of its liberty from government. Um, and and Apple is saying that there are no statutory author authorizations that will would give uh, government the power to do to ask of Apple what it is asking in this case. Uh, furthermore, the request is highly burdensome on Apple. Apple is arguing, and uh, and finally, the request is is fundamentally contrary to Apple's core beliefs about privacy. So given all these these uh, these reasons, Apple is arguing that the, that the request really is a violation of the Fifth Amendment's due process clause. So it's important for everyone to keep in mind that there's more at stake than this individual iPhone. I believe so. I mean, this is an argument that Apple has made all along, uh, that if the court order is upheld to compel Apple to assist in accessing this iPhone in this particular case, um, a similar court order would be requested on the government's behalf in other cases down the road. Marcus Rosschecker, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. 
Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks. Migrate from one IDP to another and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge. And they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now.